For you who are new members, or especially our guests today who are not familiar with our church history, let me just share a few things. Mountain View Baptist Church was organized in March of 1921 in a one-room schoolhouse in the community known as Spears Chapel, Alabama. The church was originally named Mountain View Baptist Church, but the old Spears Chapel School served as its first meeting place. People were so accustomed of referring to Spears Chapel Schools, so when the church began to meet there, they would say, well, where do you go to church? Well, I go over at Spears Chapel. And so for a while, people thought the name of the church was Spears Chapel. But according to our minutes, the first minutes of, well, the organization minutes of our church, it was named Mountain View Baptist Church, but continued to meet in the Spears Chapel School. The piece of ground here has uh, served us well for over 94 years. Uh, the ground is pretty well the same, just been shoved around here and there a bit and moved a little. But the church buildings have changed over the years. You see three of those on the screen. We're not able to locate uh, the, uh, the original uh, Spears Chapel School church building. Now, you may have a picture of that. If you do, we would appreciate it if we could make a copy of that because we want to have a copy of a picture of all of our buildings and display those in our, in our um, foyer and so if you know where we can find a picture of the Spears Chapel School where the church originated in that building, please let me know because we'd love to have one. The only one we've been able to find, Grady and Francis were married in the building, Grady and Francis Wilburn, and we got a, found a picture of them standing on the steps, and we, we got them in the doors of the building, and that was all we could get. So if you know, if you have a picture, please let us know. We'd be glad to to have it, or to have a copy. Well, from that one-room original structure, 1921, um, we moved from there. The church uh, built a block building, and that building, the school building, became the home of Brother Henry Fowler and Miss Navi Fowler, and they raised their family there. Some of them are here today. And so uh, they built a block building where the old school was standing, and then from the block building, it was later bricked in the 60s. And then later on, a more contemporary building was built in 1995. Went from a seating capacity from about 125, if the choir stayed in the choir loft, uh, to I think we could seat 450 in the, in the other building. In the 1995 building, we added some additional education space and fellowship space. And now... Uh, an even more modern building that was built after the tornado of 2011. And so we will celebrate uh, our second year uh, here in this building, July the 28th. And so we'll be here two years. That was our dedication day. Our, our crossover, and I'll mention that in a few minutes, was uh, 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 July the 14th, uh, 2014. But Mountain View Baptist Church has had a memorable past. Some of you over the years have been very involved in the history of this church. 
and we appreciate all that you've done, and we appreciate uh, your prayers and, and uh, your support in any way that you've given us here at the church. And so we meet today just to reflect on the past. It's homecoming. But it's also Decoration Day, a time for us to remember our family, our loved ones, our friends and neighbors, brothers and sisters in Christ, whose bodies have been laid to rest in this church cemetery, but their soul has crossed over to the other side. I mentioned our crossover date here at the church was July the 14th. This was a special date for us. This was the crossover date when we left the mobile units and we crossed over uh, to this building. And so as a church family... Uh, our old building, the previous buildings, have, uh, have done us well. The building that was destroyed with the tornado um, did us well. But we crossed over from where our temporary worship services were to something better as we came into this building. But with all that in mind, let me just remind you of one other thing. One day, you're going to cross over. Death's going to come to you. The Bible says it this way, It's appointed unto man once to die, but after death, the judgment. And your body is going to have a temporary rest. And it'll lay there until it's either raised in the first resurrection with the rapture of Jesus Christ as he comes back for the church. And if you miss the rapture and you've rejected Christ, it'll continue to lay there until the second resurrection when he comes back with the church. But if you're a Christian, your soul will cross over at the time of death. You'll enter that place called heaven. I can't help from thinking about Brother Charles Messer, dear friend of mine of ours. Brother Charles crossed over recently from this place to that place that God has for him. Canaan, my grandson and I were talking this week, and Canaan said, do you think Brother Charles is happy? I said, son, he's, he's real happy. I mean, he's real happy. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He spoke of that crossover, and he said to be absent from the body but to be present with the Lord. So there's a crossover for the Christian. My friend, listen, question today for all of us, are you ready for that crossover? Now let me tell you something, you know whether you are or not. You know whether you are, and you know whether you're not. But don't be so naive to think that that date, unless the Lord comes back prior to then, that you're not going to cross over. Now, the Bible looks at death in four ways, and I want to mention those to you. The first way the Bible mentions death is found in Luke 9, verse 28 through 31, and the Bible mentions death as a departure. Luke 9, verse 28, listen to what God's Word says. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter and John and James and went up to a mountain to pray. 
As he prayed, the fashion, this is speaking of Jesus, as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. He took on a different look. And his raiment was white and it was glistening. And behold, there he, Jesus, he talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory, and they spake of his decrease. Now, when you read that trans- when you read this verse in the NIV translation, that word decrease is translated departure. In the NIV, it's departure. In the, in the English Standard Version, it's departure. Here, it's decrease. But a better word would be departure. And so, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus, and they spoke about his departure. They spoke about his death, his departure. That word departure comes from a Greek word that we get the word exodus, where we get the English word exit, over these doors you see to my right and left, and the door that you came into the sanctuary, there's an exit sign. That's a departure sign. Jesus spoke of his departure. He's going to be leaving. He was going to die. The second book in the Bible is referred to as the book of Exodus. It's the book of departure, where God's people departed from Egypt into this promised land. And all the people had to do with their departure at hand was to follow their leader, who was Moses. Moses didn't have any problem following, the, uh, following God's will. The people had problems following Moses, but when you have a qualified leader, you can enjoy the departure. When you have a qualified leader, you can enjoy the journey. So Jesus has departed. He departed there at Calvary. He was buried. His spirit departed. Under thee, speaking to the Father, I commend my spirit. There was a departure. His body was placed in a tomb, in a grave. He departed. So Jesus made the journey. In John chapter 13, verse 36, Jesus said to Peter, Where I go, you cannot follow me, but you shall follow me later. You're going to exit later. You're going to depart later. You're going to decrease later. Friend, listen, Jesus Christ died. He went to heaven. And now those of us who are saved, one day will follow him. He made a successful exit, a successful departure, and He will allow us to do the same. We will make a successful departure. So first of all, death is like a departure. And then He says, God's Word says that death is like a collapsing tent. Look, if you will, at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Death is a departure. And death is like a tent that collapses. Death is a collapsing tent. Chapter 5, 2 Corinthians, verse 1. Paul says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed 
with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 4. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. And so there's this collapsing tent. Now notice in the verse, our body is like a tent. He refers to it as a tabernacle. A tabernacle was a great tent, a large tent that was set up in the wilderness for God's people to to assemble to worship. And they had to take that tent down. As they would travel, they would take the tent down. And over a period of time, the tent got worn and it got ragged. You can imagine how the tent looked after a while. Things were great on the inside of the tent, but it was the tent, it was the covering that took a beating. It was the tent that began to deteriorate. In John 1 verse 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt. That word dwelt is very important. He dwelt among men. Jesus dwelt among men. That word dwelt means to pitch a tent. He became flesh and dwelt among us. He pitched a tent. He lived among us. He tabernacled among us. So Jesus Christ came down from heaven. He pitched pitched His tent among us. Now, those of you who are familiar with camping, you may have been camping from time to time. I love to camp, and we did tent camping for years. But if you, if you do tent camping, you know you, have, you can have the best tent. I don't, you know, regardless how good your tent may be, as it gets older, it begins to break down, it begins to weather-worn, it begins to get thin, and all of a sudden the covering gets thin, and it rips, and it tears, and then after a while it just collapses, it just won't stay up. Friend, listen, our bodies are the same way. Our bodies are like a tent. Our bodies are getting older. But it's, it's just a tent. It's where the Spirit dwells. The Spirit dwells within the tent. So in time, this tent's going to collapse altogether. And I had a problem this week with a sciatic nerve. Y'all ever had that thing to act up, will you? I'm going to tell you what. There's one of those as-seen-on-TV things you wear below your knee. I bought one. Judy started wearing it, and I got to complaining about my leg. And she said, you ought to get you one of these. I said, that was mine. She said, well, you ought to get you another one. I went and... I went and bought one, and within five minutes, I'm telling you, I, I don't get paid from anybody, don't get any, any money whatsoever, but the thing worked. My tent's getting older. It's not able to do what it used to do, and some of you know what I'm speaking of, but the tent will collapse altogether. But we as God's people have a house. The Bible says... In 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 6, that it's eternal in heaven. 
Our building is strong in heaven. It, it's well founded. It's permanent. It's not made with hands. It's divine. It's heavenly made. And Paul said today we have a building like a tent and it's, it's suited for the present, but it's just temporary. It can be taken down any moment. It's real fragile. However, when your tent collapses, that's when death comes. You're like a tent. Death is like a tent. Death is like departing. Death is like a tent. And this old tent, this old body, is laid to rest. It's buried. But my precious soul will be housed in a God-made dwelling to await for the resurrection and the transformation of this present body. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2, listen. For in this we groan, we earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. We have it waiting for us in heaven. So death is like a, a departure. Death is like a collapsing tent. And real quick, number three, death is like a sailing ship. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians 1, verse 23, listen to what Paul says. He says, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, but nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He uses the word depart. I'm in a twix. I'm in a twix. I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart. That word depart is used for, for losing anchor. A.T. Robinson says to weigh anchor. Hebrews chapter 6. Listen, if you, if, you, if you will, at verse 19 and 20. Hebrews 6, 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. As a Christian, I have cast my anchor on Jesus Christ and nothing else. My security is not in my experiences. My security is not in my emotions. My security is found in Jesus Christ and nothing else. Jesus Christ is the forerunner of my soul. In ancient times, a vessel would enter a harbor and a forerunner would jump off the ship and he would fasten a rope to a strong rock and then they would use a, a winch and they would winch that ship through that harbor. Bible says Jesus Christ is that forerunner. If you're a Christian, our forerunner, Jesus Christ has made it to the shore. And He's ready to guide us home. We're fastened to the rock. Let the storms come. Let the winds blow. Let the tides of this life overwhelm us. But one day, we're going to arrive safely at port. Death is like a sailing ship. Death is like a departure. Death is like a collapsing tent. Songwriter put it this way. We have an anchor that keeps our soul. Steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move. Grounded firm and deep 
in the Savior's love. He's our anchor. So death is like a departure. Death is like a collapsing tent. Death is like a sailing ship. And I'll close with this. Death is taking us home. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Listen at verses 6 through 8. He says, Therefore, we're always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. John 14, 1, Jesus said this to his disciples. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. The word mansion there means dwelling place. It's a place we call home. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8 says, We're confident, I say, and rather to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. So Paul prepared for his, his home over there. You know, I've been blessed over the years to go on different mission trips to Guatemala and to Guam and Romania and Nicaragua and just uh, different ones, different places. And I love to go there and enjoy the people, and the people are real friendly. But I've always wanted to come home. It's nothing like home. Why should we fear death? It's just a route home. That's how we get home. Really, friend, there's nothing to fear. All of us have heard the doctor say, maybe in a jokingly way, maybe in a serious way, well, I think you're going to live. You see, Paul was encouraged to know that he was going to die. It wasn't that he was wanting to live, but he was encouraged that he was going to die because to him, death was far better because his home was there. And when I saw that, I asked myself the question, why can't we be like Paul? Well, I believe one reason is we think death has taken us from our home. And Paul knew that death was taking him to his home. We've become attached to our tent. Jim Reeves put it this way, this world's not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Death is our deliverer. Death is a collapsing tent. Death is a sailing ship. And death takes us home. One day, your tent's going to collapse. You'll cross over. The Bible calls it the great divide. Luke 16 calls it the great guff. Your body will be at rest until either the rapture of the church or the second coming of Jesus Christ with the church. But your soul will enter hell or heaven, one or the other. 
at your crossover. And I pray today, on this homecoming, this Decoration Sunday, that you've trusted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Because one day, we're going to cross over. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Father, thank you for our time that we can come together, just reflect upon the importance of death. So important because it comes to us all. And so, Father, we pray at this time that you would be with us. Lord, uh, speak to our hearts. Allow your Holy Spirit to move in our life. And, Father, as we've dealt with this this morning, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the fair warning that that day's coming. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.